This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. There has to be a death, there has to be a resurrection. If you want Jesus to pick you up this morning, you first have to admit that you've fallen. You cannot say, I'm doing, I'm doing all right, but sure, yeah, I'll add some Jesus on. It doesn't work that way. If you really want to experience this ultimate transformation that God wants to bring, we first have to die. You have to die to sin. You have to die to the world and be made alive in Christ. And only then, beyond the grave, there's something that's coming where he will transform our lowly bodies to be like his. And Paul says, Oh, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, and become like him in his death, that by any means possible. Do you see that? That by any means possible. I don't know if there's anything in your life that you said, I don't care how much it costs. I don't care what it takes. By any means possible, I want that. That's what Paul is saying. By any means possible, I will arrive. I will attain the resurrection from the dead. I will, the word attain over there can be translated, I will arrive. At the, so again, using the analogy of a bus, waiting for a bus. It's like, I'm not looking for the bus. I'm by any means possible. I want to work hard. I want to work at my salvation. That by any means possible, when that bus lands over there, boy, I'm looking forward to that. And Paul says three things. He says many things in the next 10 verses. But I'm going to try to pack it into three things that, he, that, that we can tangibly hold on to that will help us look beyond the grave into our ultimate spiritual transformation, which is our resurrection. Verse 12 says, now, Not that I've already obtained this, or I'm already perfect. What a humble sentence. Not that I've already obtained this, or I'm already perfect. You see, Paul has been talking about, hey, listen, you, last week we spoke, you've got a treasure knowing Christ. It's got to be a treasure. We use the parable of a man that found a treasure in a field. Oh, you got a treasure knowing Christ. Oh, you have to treasure Christ. You have to treasure, we saw, you got to treasure suffering for Christ. And then he says, you got to treasure the righteousness of Christ. And you would imagine that even after I tell you, like, man, I fasted and I prayed and I was crying in my shower and God told me this and, and I can, you know, expound on Hebrew and on Greek over here. And you'd be like, man, Joel's, he's got it. He's arrived. His spiritual transformation has happened. And you might even think, maybe not Joel. I mean, who am I kidding, right? They're like, Joel, no way. He's got a long way to go. But Paul, he is arrived. He is attained. Paul says, hey, listen, not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect. I'm not there yet, but listen to this. But I press on. But I press on. But I press on to make it my own. Why? Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. This is the first thing I want you to write down, okay? Press on to make the gospel your own. Press on to make the gospel your own. You see, if Christian life is all just waiting in a bus station for the bus of death to come and to take you into heaven, you've lost it. You're wasting this life. You're driving your car without an oil change. You're going to burn out. You blow yourself up. But Paul says there's got to be an activity that we say yes to and that is pressing on to make the gospel your own. You see, you are on a journey of spiritual transformation. And hopefully you recognize your obstacles. And God willing, you've done the business of trading your self-righteous pride for the humility of Jesus. But your ultimate end to your spiritual transformation is yet to come. And until then, you press on. Until then, you press on to make the gospel your own. And why is that? Because Jesus has made you his own. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus has made me his own. You see, if there's one thing that I could preach every single week when I come over here, I just want to preach the gospel. Whichever book we're in, whichever passage we're in, 
even if it's a song of Solomon, I want to preach the gospel. Because we need to press on to make the gospel our own. How are you going to keep your gaze beyond the grave into your resurrection? If you take your gaze off the gospel, you've lost it. You've got to press on. How are you going to continue to keep your eyes on your spiritual transformation when you're sick? And the doctors say there's no hope. You have to press on to the gospel. How are you going to find the essential joy that we've been talking about when you lose your job? And the finances are quickly fading. It's quickly dwindling. You got to say it with me. Press on to make the gospel your own because everything else is sinking sand. There's only one rock that we can stand on and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ that he came into this world, that he lived in your place, that he died in your place and there's life beyond the grave. Yes, in this life, a lot of things will fail. Sickness will come. Marriages will fail. Oh my gosh, your wife will leave you. Your dog will die. Your truck will break down. Your check engine light will flash at you but make the gospel your own. Why do you have to make your gospel your own? Because Christ has made you his own. Hallelujah. Christ has made you his own. Do you get it church? Christ has made you his own. He embraces you. He's like, you're mine. And how dare you make everything else more important than him. He's made you his man. He's like, mm, come here. I want to smell you. Mm, you smell good today, son. Come walk with me. Gosh, come on. Pick up the pace now. Aren't you excited to walk with me? He's made you his own. What are you pressing into? You got to press in to make the gospel your own. Church, church, with tears I want to tell you, the gospel has to be your own. We've used this word many times for many years. Oh, is he your personal savior? Oh, yes, he is my personal savior. But is he your personal friend? Are you pressing in to make him your own? I am his and he is mine. He is my friend. He's my brother. He's my king. He's my God. When we sing I surrender all, you should be flat on the floor like a fish that's been cleaned, right? I was like, I am yours. My king, you are mine. I am yours. I don't care what the world says. I'm living for you because, oh my gosh, I can see beyond the grave because I'm pressing into the gospel. He died for me. And one day I'm going to stand at the pearly gates and I'm going to be reminded, gosh, it's because of his suffering that I'm over here. And I am his and he is mine. He's made me his own. And if I ever had to stand at the gates of heaven wondering why God should let me in, it's because he's made me his own. <laughs> this excites me man because gosh in this world there'll be troubles there'll be trials there'll be suffering Amen. people will tear you down they'll want to kill you they'll want to crucify you but you got to press on to make the gospel your own brothers verse 13 I do not consider that I've made it my own I don't want you to know I don't want you to feel sorry Abby am I frightening your child <sighs> no this is exciting because I know that there are believers that have not made the gospel their own. You know a lot about Jesus, but you don't know him. You can go on sitting and your conviction is never pricked. You cover up your filth with your Bible verses. Jesus has never really been your own. You give in to pressure, you give in to fear, you give in to worry. And you wonder, where's the joy of my salvation? Because you're not pressing in to make the gospel your own. Paul says, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. I, I want to tell you, even though I'm saying all this, I'm still working on making it my own. That's why I press on. You got to help me out with that, okay? That's why I got to keep pressing on. It's something that I got to keep doing. I just can't sit and wait at a bus station. I got to keep... Thank you. Thank you. And then he says, but one thing I do. Brothers, I do not consider that I made it my own, but one thing, he's a one thing guy. 
I like one thing, guys. I like it when I go on social media, I don't find 50 things that a person has done. And they're like, hey man, I want to do ministry with you. I'm like, tell me one thing that you like doing. One thing that you're good at. One thing that God's called you to focus on. I like one thing, guys. Paul wasn't like, you know, well, I'm a carpenter, I'm a tent maker. He's like, listen, I'm a slave for Jesus Christ. Other things are secondary. His Instagram would have just been like, apostle of Jesus Christ. A slave of Jesus Christ. That's why he starts all his, all, all his books. One thing I do, hmm, I'm curious about you and me. What's the one thing that's hindering you from pressing on? What's the one thing that's stopping you from Jesus being a brother and a friend like never before? What's one thing? It could be a temptation. It could be a person. It could be a situation. Hey, it even could be a blessing that God put in your life that's now turned into a curse because you didn't have the character for you to really appreciate the blessing. What's that one thing? And this morning, would you have the guts to be able to surrender that one thing and to get rid of that one thing and to say no to that one thing no matter how much it costs you because you're pressing on to make the gospel your own. Paul says, one thing I do, and then he says a lot of things, but it's actually about one thing. One thing I do, I, um, I do not consider that I made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. How are you going to make the gospel your own? You press on to make the gospel your own. You do it by forgetting the past and looking to the future. You forget the past, you look to the future. You're listening to me this morning. It's not about, thank God, 2020 is done. Oh my gosh, what a crazy year. I am looking to the future, pastor. I'm looking to 2021. I saw this on Facebook, 21. It's going to get legally okay to drink. And 2021 is going to be worse than 2020. So just watch out, okay? It's going to come with a license to get drunk. Get it? 21? No? Okay, not funny. Great. Bad delivery. We'll try it again. Okay? That's not the future that Paul's talking about. He's not talking about, forget the past, look to the future, when your children will get married, and you'll have little grandbabies, and be like, oh, it's going to be so great. That's not the future he's talking about. He's saying, I forget the past, I'll press on towards the future, which is beyond the grave. My ultimate spiritual transformation. I pr- forget the past, I press on towards the future. I press on towards the future because... Christian life is not about just sitting in a bus station waiting for the bus of death to come. But I got to press on. I got to press on to make the gospel my own. I press on forgetting the past and looking to the future. You know, folks, nothing comes, nothing good comes from living in the past. As I was writing this, I really felt like the Holy Spirit really wanted to speak to uh, very particular people that's in this room and those who are watching. There were certain sins that God healed you from. There were certain vices that God gave you the supernatural strength and ability to walk away from. How beautiful that was when God saved you from it. But then recently, in the past couple of months, you've been dwelling on those things and you've been giving into it again. And you wonder, wait a minute, I thought I was broken free from that. When you dwell on the past, the old sins will begin to entice you again. And you'll begin to give into it again. And the Bible says, God brought you out of the yoke of slavery. Why do you want to go back to it? Why do you want to go back to Egypt? Why do you want to go back to being a slave again? Nothing good comes from living in the past. When you're dwelling on old sins, when you're dwelling on your old life, nothing good comes from it. I said this a couple of weeks ago. You've got to align yourself. You've got to partner with people who don't just share your, who don't share your, your, your same history, but who share your same destiny. You've got to partner with people who share your same destiny because you can get along with people and be like, hey, you remember you used to do drugs before? Oh man, you remember that chick over there? You remember this college we went to? All that's great and good, fine, whatever, but you don't share the same destiny. I can't have any partnership with you. You're going to dwindle. You're going to cause my fire to dwindle and die. When you 
Hey, I know I'm speaking to someone over here, and this is going to be a breakthrough this morning. If you are spending your time of, or in boredness going back to the same old things that God broke you free from, you're wasting your life. You cannot press in to make the gospel your own. I um, finally got a chance to watch a movie that everybody raves and talks about. Uh, I've tried watching it multiple times in the past, and I fell asleep. And so I told my wife, I said, hey, we're going to do this this evening. We're going to watch it. I'm going to try my best not to fall asleep. Want to guess which movie it was? No, I'm not. Gosh, you make me feel so bad now. <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth. It wasn't a Christian movie, I'll just say that. It wasn't R-rated, don't worry. It was Napoleon Dynamite. Okay? And, and it's because it's I, hear, I hear so many quotes from this movie and stuff, and I told my wife, I said, you know what? I spent, I spent all day, like, wrestling with, 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 with this word and this message, and I was like, I just want to, let's just watch a movie, something that I haven't seen in a long time. Like, you know, people have always, I've heard people quote it and stuff like that. I was like, let's just watch it. Just so you know, I still found it boring. Okay? I was like, okay, <laughs> yes, amen. Finally, Joel, redeem yourself, right? You didn't watch a Christian movie, but at least criticize these movies as boring as people leave the church. No, I'm kidding. That's all right. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But there was, there, was one, there was one part in the movie that I thought it made me sit up. And after that part, I couldn't pay attention to the movie because it really caught my attention. There's a guy named Uncle Rico, and I call it the Uncle Rico syndrome. And he says, and he says if only... If only, if only my coach put me in in the fourth quarter, we would have won state and things would have been different. I don't know how many of you guys live in the past with the if only, the Uncle Rico syndrome. And he spends most of his time in the movie in front of a dirty, cheap camera and he's throwing the football not to perfect his moves because he's living in the past. Nothing good comes from living in the past. I don't know how many of you guys are living the if only life. If only my pastor, if only my church, if only my leaders, if only my president, if only my husband, if only my wife, if only my marriage, if only my pet, if only my dog, if only my finances. Hey, the past is behind you. You cannot drive straight looking at the rearview mirror the whole time. You will crash, you will die, you will kill other people. Quit living in the past and press on towards the future that lies beyond the grave. You got to press on. You got to press on. You got to press on. Paul, he didn't live in the past. Imagine if Paul, if all he did was, oh my gosh, man, I was a murderer of Christians. I persecuted the church and I am, woe is me. I'm nothing. Even the disciples, they don't want me to hang out with them. I am, Paul didn't do that. You know what he did? When they didn't want to hang out with him, the disciples read the book of Acts. They, did, they were like, let's not have anything to do with him, man. That guy, he's a murderer of Christians. You know what he did? He made me start preaching the gospel. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.